go forward. I mentioned this at the New Year's Eve service, but I want to say it again in case uh, there are more here or others here that were not able to be here. On behalf of Tree of Life Church, we are so grateful for Grace Point Church and the gracious generosity and kindness. Can we give Grace Point Church and Pastor and Sister Sizemore a great big hand of appreciation? God bless you. We love you. Amen. We love you and thank you for just the, the graciousness you showed to us in 2021. And, and I believe that in 2022, the best is yet to come for what God is going to do in this city. Hallelujah. Hey, this is unprecedented and unparalleled collaboration. And you know what the Bible says about that kind of unity? The Bible says the Lord commanded the blessing there. So let me tell you what has happened in 2021 and now 2022. There is a commanded blessing upon this city. There is a commanded blessing. And I want you to know when God commands a blessing, nothing can turn it back. No attack of the enemy can turn back the commanded blessing of the Lord. And I give honor to all of the saints of God for the great love that you have one to another. That is such a beautiful thing, and we need to let the world see the love that the church has one to another. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 14 says this, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. I want, I want you to notice the, the language there. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, and this gift that is in thee was given thee by prophecy. With the laying on of the hands of the presbytery, Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. And I want to speak to you today on a subject uh, that I believe will help us this year. And I just want to preface the whole year with this message. The gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. And my hope and my aim is to equip us with a weapon of the Spirit that will give us a useful tool in working for God and fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. Could you bow your heads with me as we go to the Lord together in prayer? Thank you, God, for the gathering of your people. Thank you, God, for the preaching of your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is true. Thank you, God, for the worship that we feel, the presence of God that we feel from worshiping you. And I pray that you will minister in this house according to your great grace, according to your divine power. Hallelujah, according to the word of God that is forever settled. We receive it today in Jesus' name. Bless us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Thank you so much for worshiping God as you have. The scripture says a lot about prophecy, and as a matter of fact, prophecy is the really the, 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 the basis of the scriptures. When you look at the word of God, it is a collection of prophetic writings. The uh, prophetic writings of those that were anointed of the Lord to declare his holy word. It is an interesting collection of writings because it takes place over 
a large span of years, and it takes, it, it actually is written by a number of people who come from a variety of backgrounds. Not only do they come from a variety of, of uh, parts of the Middle East, but also from various occupations and socioeconomic statuses, and, and it is not at all a, a situation where they happenstantially came across the same ideas, but, but by revelation, they wrote the word of the Lord. Why? Because God was speaking to each of them. Not only did he speak to them as individuals, but the difference between the Judeo ethic and understanding of God and all other uh, understandings of a higher power, for instance, is that God revealed himself to the nation of Israel on a national level. Everyone in Israel experienced the power and the illumination of God. They saw it themselves. There was no question of what they witnessed. They heard his voice thunder on Mount Sinai. The whole nation did. So there was, there was no questioning that God was there with them. It was not somebody out in the woods by themselves alone getting a thought and coming back saying, oh, I've heard this and I've heard that. No, it was, it was the whole nation of Israel hearing together very publicly the word of the Lord. Now there were those moments where individuals received the word of God before a burning bush or out by the river Shabar or a, a gentle nudge of God to go here, to go there, and, and they would hear God and they would write what he said. But what is interesting is that everything that somebody wrote here and there and here and there, it all came together and it was the same thing being said generation after generation Year after year, from one tribe to the next, everybody came away with the same statement because they were receiving it from one God. They weren't receiving it from a variety of different sources. And, and so we talk about it and we call it prophecy. The Bible says that the, the scriptures came not by the will of man in old time, but they came by holy men of old who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost moved upon these, these men and they wrote under the inspiration and under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And it could have been 100 years separated from each other, but, but one would be a, a keeper of sycamore trees and another would be a shepherd and another would be a king. And they would all write the same thing because they were receiving it from one God. Hallelujah. And so it was a beautiful thing. In fact... When we talk about prophecy, sometimes we think of that in terms of, of maybe being a little bit uh, spooky, if you please, kind of like a kind of like a, 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 a beyond imagination kind of a thing, something very extra normal, and 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 really people do like to try to try to make it super sensational and keep it from uh, being something anybody can lay their hands on, because there are some who see themselves as needing to separate themselves from others so that they can be seen as something so holy and, and they are, others are just not nearly holy enough. And there's only one who is holy and that is the Lord of glory. None of us are holy. The Lord is holy. And any holiness that we may have, it comes from Him, not from ourselves. Praise the Lord. 
And so he is who is holy. And, and so prophecy is not a spooky thing. Prophecy is not supposed to be something that is, that is uh, ooh, so mysterious that nobody can lay their hand on it. In fact, the Bible says it this way, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So if you want to know what prophecy in its purest form is, prophecy in its purest form is simply the testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. And guess what? Anybody and everybody can testify about Jesus. It's not limited to the super-duper spiritual. It's not limited to the God experts. Anybody and everybody can say with their mouths that the Lord has been good to me. He has picked me up and turned me around. He brought me from a mighty long way. You know what? I just want to take a moment here and just say, can I get a witness from somebody who knows that what I'm saying is true? He's a good God. Is he, isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't he a good God? Come on. Isn't he a good God? He's a good God. And he, he picks us up out of our condition. And, and, and one of the things that gives us so much hope is that all around this building today are those who can say with a matter of fact that, that they, where they came from would shock you. It would astound you. What they've been through would shock you and would astound you. You, you look at them today and, and maybe you think, well, they've got their act together and everything all figured out. Nobody's got any act together. Nobody's got everything figured out. There's one common denominator that we have. We trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we stop leaning on our own understanding. That got us nowhere, but in all of our ways, we acknowledge him and he is directing our paths. Oh, what peace there is in trusting God. Oh, what peace there is in trusting God. So the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And when you read the book of Isaiah, you're reading about the testimony of Jesus. When you read the book of Hosea, you're reading about the testimony of Jesus. When you read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that the details of those books can become cumbersome sometimes. But in all of those details, there are references and inferences to the coming of Jesus into the world. I mean, it could be that, as was referred to earlier, the hot bread in the tabernacle. It's pointing to Jesus. Every little thing is referring to Jesus. This is why Jesus told the Pharisees, he said that you need to search those scriptures again, those ones you can quote so well, you need to search them again because you may be able to quote them line by line, but you're missing the point. You're missing the point of them because they are they which testify of me. Every one of those prophets, when they prophesied, were all prophesying about Jesus who is coming. And all of those apostles who wrote were telling us how to be ready for when Jesus comes again. And we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. Uh, there's this great account in the scriptures where the uh, man, Philip, who was a preacher of the gospel, an evangelist, and the Bible says that Philip was, uh, was, he was carried by God, led by God to come to a man that was reading. The man was an Ethiopian eunuch, and he was reading uh, in his chariot the Bible. He was reading the book of Isaiah. 
And the scripture says that Philip came upon him, looked over his shoulder. The Lord told him to. He said, go join thyself to this chariot. He looks over his shoulder and he sees that he's reading from the book of Isaiah. Where that Isaiah said he was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And before his shearers he was dumb. He opened not his mouth. And in his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And so when Philip sees that the Ethiopian eunuch is reading about uh, Isaiah, he knows that's talking about Jesus. And so he, he just leans in and says to the man, he says, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy looked over his shoulder and said, well, not really. He said, how could I, I mean, how could, literally, how could I understand except some man should guide me? And he said, well, if you want me to, I'd be glad to tell you who that's talking about. Well, why don't you come tell me a little more? All right, let's start where you are. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And it's, it's really kind of awesome that the Ethiopian eunuch was reading from Isaiah because Philip could just pick right up and start preaching Jesus. The Bible said he began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. So it's pretty cool that he was reading from Isaiah because that's just chock full with references to Jesus. But I want to tell you something. It really didn't matter where the eunuch was reading. Philip would have began wherever he was and preached Jesus from wherever he was reading. If he had been reading about Daniel in the lion's den, Philip would have preached Jesus. If he would have been reading about David killing a lion, Philip would have preached Jesus. If he would have been talking about Samson killing a lion, Philip would have preached Jesus. If he would have been talking about the lion of the tribe of Judah, Philip would have preached Jesus. If he'd have been talking about a rock that David used to put in Goliath's forehead, or a rock hewn out of a mountain without hands, or a rock upon which Jacob laid his head and used it as a pillow or a rock from which water did flow, Philip would have still preached Jesus. If he'd have been talking about a chariot of fire that, that caught Elijah up into a whirlwind or chariots of fire that filled the mountainside out of the prophet Elisha's house or a fire, hallelujah, that came up out of the rock, Philip would have started anywhere and preached Jesus because you can open this Bible up anywhere you want to open it up. You just turn one page after another and all of it is talking about my Lord and my Savior. Savior who washes my sins away. Woo, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the testimony of Jesus. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And so when we prophesy, it's not spooky. It's just, it's just the testimony of Jesus. And what is the testimony of Jesus? It's, it's, it's that he lived. And when I say he lived, I mean he lived. He lived better than I've lived. Now, he didn't have a place to lay his head most of the time. And he didn't always know where his next meal was coming from. But he lived above sin, above iniquity, above transgression. Hallelujah. Above all of the infractions of the flesh against the law of God. He was without sin. 
He lived a perfect life, and he died the death of a perfect lamb. And he was qualified to die the death of every man and every woman and every sinner. He died the death that every murderer would have to die. He died the death of every blasphemer. He died the death of every adulterer. He died the death of every idolater. He died the death of every sinful wretch that ever walked the earth. That means he died the death of you and me. And he was buried in a borrowed tomb. But when he was buried, he wasn't buried just like anybody else was buried. He went in there different because he went in there sinless. He wasn't like, you know, when I go down into the grave, this body of mine, it has the record of sin in it. So when my body, this natural body, is a corruptible body, when it goes into the grave, it's going to go into hell unless I'm in Jesus Christ. Unless I'm in the body of Jesus Christ. Because his body was different than mine in the sense, not as he lived this life. It was different than mine in the sense that he never committed any sin. And the only thing that gives death any jurisdiction over a human body is sin. So when the body of Christ came down into that, into that grave, death didn't have any control over it. Hell didn't have any control over it. The grave didn't have any control over it. Death looked at hell and hell looked at the grave and they were all saying, what do we do with a body that never has the record of sin in it? And they said, there's only one thing we can do. We have to let it go. And up from the grave, he arose with healing in his wings, with power in his name. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I'm talking about the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the testimony of Jesus, and that's the spirit of prophecy. Hallelujah. And you don't have, you listen, you don't have to have whatever credentials that this world tries to say you have in order to open your mouth and declare that testimony. Hallelujah. He is good. He is good all the time. You know what? I, I got to tell you something. I, when I preached the gospel, I had to make up my mind a long time ago. I don't, I, I'm not a good preacher. I, I love to praise God. And so that's what I do. I don't even preach. I just praise him. I just worship him. That's why sometimes I get a little loud because I'm not preaching. I'm praising. I'm worshiping. I lift up his name. He's been better to me than I've been to myself. All I can do is tell you, he's a good God and I love him worship him it's the testimony of Jesus that comes rolling off our tongue hallelujah and and the Bible says that we are to give this we are to we are to operate in this gift of prophecy not everybody not everybody understands that but but it it's to everybody who is in the body of Jesus Christ Hallelujah. If you've got the Holy Ghost, guess what one of the gifts of that spirit is? The gift of prophecy. And that's what it is. It is a gift from God to you to be able to live for God in this fallen world. And it's so underused. And many people are intimidated by the very thought and concept 
of the gift of prophecy. There's a passage in the Old Testament where Moses, who was the prophet of God, God God spoke with Moses face to face, told people, God told Miriam and Aaron when they were criticizing Moses, he said, back up off of him, don't criticize him, because he's my man. And he said, some people I speak with in dreams and visions, but with Moses I speak face to face. And, and, and so don't, don't criticize him. He's, he's my man. But, but when Moses went up before God and had that whole encounter where God tells him his name, I am that I am, have sent you. You go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And, and Moses is in this burning bush experience talking with God. And God is revealing a name to him that he didn't even reveal to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and Moses is hearing this, this revelation. And this is what God told him. He said, go get Israel out of Egypt and bring them to this mountain. You know why? Because I want to show them everything I'm showing you. I want to tell them everything I'm telling you. I want them to experience everything you're experiencing. I want their face to light up the way your face is lighting up. So Moses goes, gets Israel. We're going to fast forward real quick. A lot of plagues, a lot of things went down. They come up out of Egypt. That was pretty quick. We got through that pretty quick. They, they come up out of Egypt and they get to the mountain and the Bible says the mountain did burn with blackness and darkness and tempest and Moses is looking at everybody saying, hey, come on up. I can't wait to introduce you to the God of our fathers. I can't wait to introduce you to the God who called Abraham out of his father's house and kindred. I can't wait. You're going to love him. He's so awesome. He's such a cool and wonderful God. I can't wait to introduce you to God. And they're looking at lightning, and they hear thunder, and they're looking at a tornado on top of that mountain. And they said, Moses, in all due respect, you have lost your mind if you think we're going to go up on top of that mountain. And Moses said, no, you know, I know it looks scary to the flesh. It looks scary. Sometimes this walk with God looks scary to the flesh. Oh, but come on in. Jump on in. How many remember when you walked into the presence of God and thought everybody was crazy? Remember when you first thought everybody? I want to see a show of hands if you thought everybody was crazy. And now you're crazier than, than any of them because you found out he's a good God. He's a, he's a mighty God. He's a great God. Hallelujah. Come on up into the presence of the Lord. They said, you're out of your mind. We're not going up there and... And so Moses went back to God and said, God, they won't come up. They won't come stand in your presence. They won't be, they won't be before this burning bush. They won't, they won't be in the glory of God. And God said, all right, then, then we're going to have to go a different direction. And this is the direction we're going to have to go. I'm going to have to give you my word. And then you're going to have to give it to them. See, it was never God's will, his perfect will, that Moses would stand between him and Israel. It was always God's will that God would be to Israel what he was to Moses. But because Israel wouldn't go up to where Moses had gone, then it was only with Moses. This is why the law was so intrusive, because, because it had to deal with every little nuance of life. But if it had just been God to Israel and not via Moses, he wouldn't have had to go through all of the different uh, dynamics and acrobatics of dealing with every little thing they did. He could have just written it on their heart. 
and they'd have known their own spirit would lead them. The spirit of God in them would lead them. The word of God in them would guide them and lead them, and they would live for him because it was in their heart and not coming simply from Moses. So that's how the law of Moses even came about. And so Moses comes down and says, all right, God said you can't, you can't do this, this, and this. So that means you guys, since it's not in your heart, it's in my heart. It's not in your heart. you just got to take my word for it. You can't do any of this. And that was the only way that the people could live for God was because they weren't in the presence of God. I'm going to tell you something. When you get into the presence of God... Hallelujah. Great peace have they that love thy law. They stand in the presence of the Lord and they say, Lord, I I don't want anything that has to do with this world. I just want you. I want more of you. I want everything you have for me. Hallelujah. So one day, one day the Bible says that the Lord told Moses, I want you to gather 70 together and I want you to Pray over them and prophesy over them and put your spirit on them, Moses, because you can't do it all yourself. So there have to be 70 elders. And so Moses brings the 70 elders, and this whole powerful spiritual transaction occurs. And the 70 elders start prophesying like Moses prophesied. And when they start prophesying, it's, it's an amazing phenomenon. And, and, and something happens. In the middle of this, there are two guys who are not part of the 70. Their name is Medad and Eldad. I, I've often wondered if they were born on Father's Day, but I don't know. It was Medad and Eldad. And they were, they were out, out away from the 70. And when the Spirit of God came upon the 70 to prophesy, the Spirit of God came upon those two to prophesy. And they just start prophesying. And people heard them prophesying and got angry about them prophesying. And they said, we're going to go tell Moses that these two were in the camp prophesying. So they come up to Moses to tell on me, dad, poor me, dad, and Eldad. And they just something came over and they start prophesying. And they said, Moses, me, dad, and Eldad think they can prophesy just because these 70 are out here prophesying. And Moses said, what do you want me to do about it? You want me to go over there and shut them down and tell them they're not allowed to prophesy? He said, you're misunderstanding everything. I don't want to be the only prophet. I don't want these 70 to be the only ones who prophesy. I would that you all would prophesy. I'm going to tell you something. When you get caught up into the presence of the Lord, it'll put his word in your mouth and his word will be in you like a fire. Shut up in your bones and you will have to tell somebody about the goodness of the Lord. Come on, mom and dad, let the testimony of Jesus get in your tongue in 2022 and speak his life, death, burial, and resurrection over your family. Hallelujah. Let it be in your mouth when you're sitting in your home, when you rise up in the morning, when you go to bed at night. Prophesy, prophesy. Open up your mouth and prophesy. The first thing we know about God. The first thing we know about God after he created the heavens and the earth is that he speaks. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Hallelujah, let there be light. And when God began to speak, things began to happen. Let me remind you, children of God, that when the Lord formed us in the dust of the ground and breathed into our nostrils the breath of life, he was putting his breath inside of us, making us in his image. And I want you to know you may not know this, but as you speak, whole worlds are being created all around you. Every word that comes out of your mouth is planting seed everywhere you go. This is why you must be careful about what you say. And not only must you be careful about what you say, you must be deliberate about what you say. You have spoken so much defeat in your life that defeat has become your reality. You have spoken so much negativity about your family that your family has become negative. You have spoken so much, so much failure that failure has become your expectation. I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name and I admonish you in the name of the Lord to change the way you talk. God has given you a gift and the gift is called prophecy. will not speak defeat. I speak victory. I will not speak negativity. I speak positivity. I will not speak death. I speak life. I speak healing. I speak glory. This is why the Bible, Brother Craig, says it this way. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Don't you know why that's why you speak in tongues when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost? That is God getting a hold of your tongue. It is your tongue that controls the whole body. The Bible says that the tongue is an unruly evil. It's full of deadly poison. The Bible said that it sets on fire the course of nature. Don't you even know that the worst atrocities of humanity that have occurred under said dictators. Dictators. We think of that and we think of a tyrant. We think of someone who absolutely controls everyone's life. But the pure meaning of the word dictator is simply one who speaks. That's where we get the word dictionary or good diction. It's, 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 it's the, it has to do with, with words. And to, so to predict is to say before something happens. It has to do with words before. A dictator is simply someone who speaks. And what we have seen in history are these evil individuals who stand up and speak words. And as they speak these words of lies and defeat and hate and evil, people are drawn in. They're using a spiritual weapon. It's a weapon, though, that belongs to the church. And we've let the devil come in and take a weapon from us. Even a false prophecy can come to pass if you choose to believe it. You've got to make up your mind. I will only speak the word of God. 
God, I've got to preach it like I feel it. And I'll speak the word of God to the winds and the waves. I'll speak the word of God to every adversary, to every difficulty. Hallelujah. Brother Jordan, I have a handkerchief right there and I... It looks like I'm going to need it. I always sometimes don't know if I will or not. But I'm going to need it this morning. Because we're going to understand before we leave this place. We've got a gift in us. God gave us a gift. And that gift is to be able to open up our mouth. And tear down strongholds. Open up our mouth. And uproot what the enemy has planted in our homes. Open up our mouth and declare the word of life. You know, the Bible says to declare things that are not as though they were. There's a powerful truth in that. The trick of the enemy is that the enemy will try to get us to look at the circumstances that have developed and start agreeing with them. Look at them. They've become no good. And so you look over and say, you're no good. You're using a very powerful weapon against that person. That's a trick of the enemy. Take that same weapon. Use it for the glory of God. Hallelujah. I speak life over you. I speak the purpose of God over you. Your best days are ahead of you. God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for you. Stop my Lord. Some people have prophesied their kids into jail. Some people have prophesied their families into poverty. Some people have prophesied their relationships into divorce. Some people have prophesied their jobs into being lost. Some people have prophesied themselves into a spiral. Open up your mouth wherever you are and lift up the name of Jesus. Speak life. Speak life. Hallelujah. I love I love the statement. You are enough because he is enough. The Lord said I am enough. Anytime you say I am, it is a declaration about God. That's his name, not yours. That's his name is I am. So anytime you say I am, you better you better consider what you're about to say. You're made in his image. So when you say I am, even when the even when the publican said I am a sinner, it was a reference to Jesus on the cross because Jesus was made to be sin for us. So even acknowledging our sin is a statement concerning the love of God. Even though I am a sinner, I say it with the understanding that he will save me from my sin. Even when I say I am undone, I say it with the understanding Understanding that he will make me whole. <laughs> you be real careful about what you say concerning your family. Stop telling your spouse we're going to end up getting a divorce. Stop saying it. Stop saying this. There's only one way out of this. We're going to end up with a divorce. You say just the opposite. You're agreeing with the devil. Say just the opposite. Open up your mouth and say we're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to get through this. Listen, don't speak of others what the devil says about them. Speak of others what God says about them. And God said, I have formed you. I have made you for my purpose. You were created. I'm going to tell you something about 2022. We're going to make it. 
Let me tell you something else about 2022. We're going to have revival. Let me tell you something else about 2022. We're going to see a great harvest. Let me tell you something about 2022. God is on the throne, and he's going to bring healing, and he's going to bring deliverance. What are you doing? I'm prophesying. It's a gift God gave us, and we're going to use it for his glory. Use it for his glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. My great-grandma Lovinger, Kristen, great-grandma Lovinger, she would call us grandkids over, and this is what she'd do. We'd walk into the house, and she would say, she would say, pull us in. She'd say, God love them. God love them. She'd pat our heads, God love them. God bless them. And then, and then she'd pull her head back. And I'll never forget it. Her hands around my face. I was a little kid. And every single time, every single time I saw my great-grandmother, she would say, Joel, many are called, but few are chosen. And you are chosen. Listen. I don't even know if I was chosen before she started saying it. But I know after she said it several times, I started believing it. I started believing it. And you start mixing faith with the word of God. And it shall come to pass. My God, come on parents and grandparents. It's time to be intentional and deliberate with our children and our grandchildren. Change your vocabulary. You don't know how I was raised. I wasn't raised like that. I was raised in a real negative atmosphere. Listen, old things are passed away. All things are become new. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. You open up your mouth and declare the life of Jesus Christ. See, when I talk about you, I'm talking about the testimony of Jesus. So I can tell you, you're going to live again. I can tell you, the sun is going to shine again. Not because I'm this optimist living in a fairy tale land. Because I'm testifying of Jesus over you. The sun is going to shine. You're going to come up out of that pit. You're going to come up out of that grave. You're going to come up out of that grave. You're going to come up out of those circumstances. Yes, you are. It's a gift called prophecy. And me dad is supposed to be doing it. And L dad is supposed to be doing it. And your dad is supposed to be doing it. And everybody's dad is supposed to be doing it. And mom's supposed to be doing it. And kids are supposed to be doing it. Everybody's supposed to be prophesying. Let me tell you about John Red Fuller. John Red Fuller was a murderer. He was a young man. He and his friends had burglarized a home. And when they burglarized this home, the woman came home unexpectedly. They had guns on them. It frightened them. John Red Fuller fired off a shot, killed her, spent 25 years in prison. And while he was in prison, he killed as many people as he could. He was the executioner. They called him Red because he had red hair. 
and because of the blood he had shed. And he was known as being a murderer. Nobody messed with John Red Fuller. He was a violent, demon-possessed man who would kill at a given notice. But the, but the, but the thing, the story wasn't over yet. Because there was an old blind preacher that would walk into that prison house every week and hold prison services, Brother Parnell. Hallelujah. I saw you here just a moment ago, Brother Parnell. God bless you. Holding prison services. And, 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 and while he was holding prison services, he would preach the gospel. And then he would say, take me to John Red Fuller. John Red Fuller was in solitary confinement. They couldn't even keep people with him. He was too violent. So he was in solitary confinement. And they'd lead the old blind preacher down to the, to the prison cell. Hey, thank God for blind preachers. Who aren't scared of what everybody else can see. Sometimes we need to close our eyes and open our mouth. And stop looking around at everything going on. Just close your eyes and declare the word of God. He walked up to John Red Fuller's cell. And he grabbed his, the bars with his hands. And he said, John Red Fuller. God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And John Red Fuller would go off cussing. Get out of here, you blind preacher. And, and the old man would be led away. And he'd just be led down the hall and, and off again for another week. He'd come back the next week. He'd preach. And then he'd say, take me to John Red Fuller. And they took him down to John Red Fuller. And he grabbed those bars. John Red Fuller, God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Get out of here. I said, get out of here and don't ever come back. He kept coming back. It was a weekly routine. Every week he prophesied, prophesied, prophesied amongst the cursing, prophesied amongst the insults, prophesied, prophesied. He prophesied until one day, one day the seed of that word started to blossom underground. And the roots started pushing against the roots of wickedness and condemnation. Ah, yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to plant so much seed that the roots start pushing against the other roots that have been planted in people's lives. John Red Fuller said, okay, all right, fine. I'll go down and listen to this old blind preacher just to get him off my back. And he did. And when he went down there to hear him preach... Something got a hold of him. He couldn't take it anymore. Prophecy was doing what prophecy does. Hallelujah. He was given a gift that was given him by prophecy. That's what Paul told Timothy. There is a gift in you. Neglect not the gift that is in you. It was given you by prophecy. Hallelujah. And as John Red Fuller sat there, the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. He repented of his sins. He was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. He was baptized in Jesus' name. And when he was, that old blind preacher, they led him over to his little briefcase. And he grabbed the brief, out of his briefcase, he kept, grabbed a Bible. And he, he took the Bible over to where John Fuller was. And he handed him the Bible. And on the front of the Bible read these words, Reverend John Fuller. 
John Fuller started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ inside Brushy Mountain State Prison, State Penitentiary in Tennessee. People started getting the Holy Ghost under the man they used to be afraid would kill them. They began being baptized in Jesus' name. The Tennessee district of the United Pentecostal Church went down into the prison and licensed Brother Fuller as a prisoner to preach the gospel. He's inside the prison in a jumpsuit being ordained by ministers to preach the gospel. So convincing was his transformation that they paroled him and he came out of that prison house preaching the gospel everywhere he could go. Prophesy. Brother Urshan, I think it might be too far gone. I don't know if prophecy can work. Well, let me ask you a question then. It's a very simple question. Can these bones live? How long ago was the battle? I didn't ask you that. I said, can these bones live? Well, what tore them apart? No, 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 that's not the question. The question is, do you believe that these bones can live? Because if you believe that these bones can live, if you will open up your mouth and prophesy. Here's Ezekiel standing out in the middle of a battle, a middle of a valley of dry bones, war-torn bones, bones that were ripped apart by the by the ravages of war. He's standing out in the middle of those bones, and he opens up his mouth and said, "Hear ye the word of the Lord, you bones, you shall live, for the Lord God will breathe breath into you." You shall live again. You shall rise up and you shall live again. And, and, and he didn't stop there. He said, sinew is going to come upon you and flesh is going to cover you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And that's exactly what happened. There was a noise. The Bible says, as he prophesied, there was a noise. Tell you something. I'm, gonna, I'm coming to a close, but I want you to hear what I'm telling you, okay? Listen, when you prophesy, you're going to hear a lot of noises. Don't be afraid of the noises. That's just the bones coming together. I've seen people start prophesying, and it doesn't look like anything is happening, so they back off. Don't back off. Prophesy again and again and again and again. Say it till it happens. Speak it till it's done. Speak it. Preach it. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Preach it. Speak it. Declare it. Prophesy it in the middle of the cursing, in the middle of the insult, in the middle of the death, in the middle of the dry bones. Some of you feel like when you go home today, you're going to go home to a valley of dry bones. That's all right. Open up your mouth and begin to speak the word of life. Say, Start this way. Walk in and say, God is good. God is so good. Glory to God. Glory to the name of Jesus. God was good to me today. Oh, the Lord was good. And when somebody, when somebody comes up, you've got a little on against, blow their mind with this. I love you. You say, I don't even know if that's true. Then prophesy it. 
It's about to be true. Glory to God. I love you. Hallelujah. I love you. I bless you. Hallelujah. It's going to get better. It is well with my soul. Everything is going to be all right. All those bones came together and then the Lord said to Ezekiel, now prophesy to the wind. And he said, oh, four winds, come, come from all across the earth and breathe upon these slain that they may live again. Hallelujah. Listen, when we prophesy to the bones, that's preaching. When we prophesy to the wind, that's praying. You don't got to stand in this pulpit when you preach. You just declare the testimony of Jesus. Hallelujah. He's alive. And he's going to bring peace into our home. He's going to bring peace into our marriage. He's going to bring peace into our life. We're going to be okay. Our relationship is going to be healed. Everything is going to be all right in the name of Jesus. I need somebody. You know what I want us to do? I want us to stand to our feet. And here's what I want us to do. I don't want us to pray for a moment. I want us to start prophesying. I want you to begin open up your mouth. And I want you to give him a prophetic praise. A prophetic praise goes like this. Lord, I thank you that you're answering my prayer. Lord, I praise you that you're saving my family. Lord, I worship you. Hallelujah. I worship you. Thank you. I worship you, Lord, because you're doing the work. Lord, I thank you for the miracle. I thank you for the miracle. I give you praise for the miracle. Lord, I thank you right now for speaking to my children's heart. Hallelujah. I thank you for speaking to my family. I thank you for ministering to them. I thank you. I give you praise for it right now. Hallelujah. I thank you that dry bones are coming back together. I thank you that the wind is blowing from the four corners of the earth. Hallelujah. Glory. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yes, God is good. Yes, God is good. <laughs> oh, it's going to be different in 2022, saints. It's going to be different in 2022. We're not taking the attacks of the enemy lying down. I've got a gift from God inside of me. I'm going to prophesy the word and the will of God over these circumstances. I believe it in Jesus' name. Here's what I want us to do, okay? Here's what I want us to do. Some of you have worried about things you haven't prayed about. Some of you have worried about things and you haven't prayed about it. I want you to be honest. It's been in your mind a lot, so I, you maybe didn't know this. It's been in your mind so much, maybe you didn't realize you haven't really prayed about it. You haven't really asked God to help you with it. You've thought a lot about it. It's been going over and over. It's been keeping you up at night, but you haven't actually opened up your mouth and, and, and posited the words to God saying, Lord, please help me with this situation. And I want us to do that. If you've got a need, I want you to do that right now. I want you to begin asking God to help you. Before you ask him to help you, I want you to ask him to cleanse you. Lord, cleanse me. Wash me. Purify my heart and my spirit and my mind. If there's, any, if there's anything you're trying to teach me, let me learn it. Let me know it, God. I don't want to have something standing between you and I. Come on, do that right now. Come on, Lord, cleanse me. Wash me. Purify my spirit. 
Purify my heart. Secret faults. If there's something I don't even know is inside of me, cleanse it, Lord, right now, I pray. In the name of Jesus, cleanse it right now, Lord. Cleanse it. Cleanse me, Lord. Purify my heart and my spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Help me to turn from my wicked ways. Help me to turn away from the sin that, that does so easily beset me. Hallelujah. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that a purifying grace from God? Hallelujah. Now I want you to ask him to help you with that situation. Ask him to help you with your, the, the situation on your job. Ask him to help, help you with the situation in your marriage. Lord, help me right now, God. I need you to bring healing to, to my spouse and I, Lord. I need you to bring healing to a situation at work, Lord. I've caused a problem or maybe somebody's being unfair and equitable. Help me, God, in that situation. Lord, the injustice of this or that. Lord, begin to bring resolution to it right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, I'm afraid. I, I don't know how to pay the bills. Help me, God. Help me. In Jesus' name, Lord, my children aren't serving you and it worries me. I worry for their soul, God. I worry for their physical well-being. Lord, help me. Come on, that's it. Pray that prayer. Don't just worry about it. Pray about it. Pray about it. Actually ask God about it. That's it. Go ahead. Ask Him about it. Ask Him to help you with grief. Ask Him to help you with, with doubt. Ask Him to help you with sickness in your body. Hallelujah. If you've got a loved one who's sick and you need God to move, Lord, help my loved one in Jesus' name. Help my friend who's sick in Jesus' name. And now I want you to transition from prayer to prophecy. Now I want you to begin to declare it. For this, I want you to come forward. You can come forward. If you, if you don't want to come forward, you don't have to. But if you want it, these altars are open. And I want you to begin declaring it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I've prayed about it. And now I'm going to prophesy it in Jesus' name. Lord, I speak life into my marriage. I speak life into my home. Lord, I speak, I speak life into my children's desire to serve you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, help my family. Help my family. Help my family. Yes, Lord, I speak help into my family. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes. That's it. That's the gift of prophecy. That's the gift of prophecy. That's the gift of prophecy. It's a gift from God. It is a gift from God. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. Open up your mouth and speak ye the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I declare the goodness of God. I declare the grace of God. I declare the power and the healing of God. That's it. Because he healed my heart. That's it. He changed my Come on, open up your mouth and say it. Open up your mouth and declare it. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. I declare my healing. I thank you, Lord, for my healing. I thank you, Lord, for my, my deliverance. I thank you, Lord, for my deliverance. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Heal la la basha. Change my name forever free. I'm 
of us make our claps louder than the roar of the enemy. I clap and I declare it all over the room. No matter what comes my way, I'm not listening to what he has to say. I'm listening to what Jesus has to say. Hey, let's do it like this. Get up, get up, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up. Hey, get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up. Get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up. Yep, get up out of that grave. Let's go. Get up, get up, get up. Hey, get up out of that grave. Get up out of that
Yeah. 